it could happen. It could happen. <laughs> it's only happened once. We've only had one person so far go, uh, could you actually take that bit out? <laughs> yeah, I know. But sometimes you inspire that in people too, Faye. I know. Well, I do. I do this. Exactly. Bringing up the dredges. Yeah. I do. I do make people talk about masturbation and stuff when they didn't even know that they could masturbate. That is not a question. We're that is not ask a question. As a question. Ju- no, I'm, I'm just going to leave that one there. As Julie often says, you know, no one is going to let us in because I keep saying, I can't wait till after COVID and we can do face to face interviews and I can smell your paintings and lick your I paintings. I said, no one's going to let you in. I'll be allowed in. <laughs> There we go, no, don't let Fee in. No, she's a wanker. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Jess, for your time. You're welcome. So we want to, are you going to start or am I start? I'm starting. You're I'm starting. Yeah, I'm starting. Okay, we have prepared. So. Oh my goodness, well, I haven't at all, so I'm... No, no you don't need to. No, you just need to tell us your life story. So, what I want to start with, Jess, is can you please um, tell us a little bit about your amazing wallflower series? that you've been painting. So just give us a bit of a background in uh, our listeners, not us, uh, our listeners, a bit of a background about what's your painting practice? Well, um, I mean, I suppose loosely my practice is about um, focusing on turning gender stereotypes into messages of positivity. So that kind of also covers another series that I do called Pretty Boy. I I always seem to kind of go back to that kind of umbrella of an idea. Um, But Wallflower has been going for about five years now and it started with a whole lot of vintage wallpaper that I was collecting when I worked years and years ago in New York and it kept on piling up in the corner and um, I live with boys and men as Faye knows I'm in the same situation as you (laughs) this wallpaper was never going on my walls okay it's just you know just not and it kept piling up and I just kind of thought what am I going to do with it and so I came up with this idea about switching this wallflower or meek female um, stereotype on its head and and turning it into something that's empowering. Um, So I paint female bodies over vintage wallpaper and play with themes, I suppose, of nature and domesticity. Okay. But it's very very sort of maximalist, highly patterned. um, A lot of colour. A lot of colour, pretty big. (laughs) And very feminine. I think, I mean, I always... I mean, I, I own one of Jessica's early wallpapers. <laughs> Love, and I just was I just showing, I'm just showing Julie Beautiful. because I think this is what I'm suffering the most about COVID is that I can't. You know, I'm, I've got access now to every gallery in the world, but yes. I've tried it and it doesn't do nothing for me. I want to see it. I want to be near it. I can't yes. get. I can't vibe off a painting unless I'm next to it. And look, it's great it's, for it's, Julie to see your work in the flesh and yes. go, wow, fuck it. It's yeah. Cool. Look, I think that's the same for everybody. And it can be frustrating sometimes that because, you know, I mean, I do quite a lot of selling online. Yeah. Um, I suppose the advantage is, well, the disadvantage is when I'm loading it up, um, I always feel a bit frustrated because I feel like even when they're brilliant photographs, yeah. they never quite... No, really makes it no. exactly you know yeah. as great as they are in real life but the advantage of that is that when somebody receives it 
They're so happy. Exactly. Where did you, where, you know, you said you, you collected the vintage wallpaper. Um, yeah. Where, like, where do you get it from now? Have you still got a stash from New York? Oh, yeah, I've still got a huge stash from New York. Um, so I used you're, to you're go to... You're an obsessive collector, aren't you? You're yeah, yeah, I collect all sorts of random shit. Um, <laughs> mostly sort of um, graphic design kind of stuff and printed stuff that's sort of my thing but yeah really random stuff and I need a much bigger house than I've got um so what was the question (laughs) where'd you get get your wallpaper and where are you getting it from (laughs) now but you still (laughs) go on in New York now actually um some of it I get from I found really random places online yeah so I've got this German guy who sends me stuff and I have a woman in Iowa or on the Corn Belt somewhere who has an amazing um, selection of wallpaper and over the years I suppose she saw me come back and back and then it must have piqued her interest and so she kind of looked online at, at what it is I do and so now I do painting swaps with her so if I want a whole mound of it I'll do a little painting for her send that over and then she just sends me the wallpaper yeah right. um, so yeah did, it's been did good. your like childhood home have lots of pattern and wallpaper and where did this broadest oh okay my my mother and father um well dad's dead now but were uh pretty creative and they loved doing up houses so we had you know metallic florence broadhurst in the bathroom and i think i had laura ashley in my room for a little while until i decided to rip all that off i did i had the little rosebud the tiny rosebud yeah hello beautiful Yeah. Very girly. Very I have a Florence Broadhurst so, um, vintage sofa. Oh, brilliant. The black P, um, cranes on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely beautiful. How gorgeous. So girly. My mum and dad, um, <laughs> they wallpapered the dining room with almost like a, like a billiard table felt. So it was this green felt over the, I mean, it was just absolutely spectacular. Cool. Just like a flop. Yeah. I like, like that. It's like yes. stately homes in England. Yeah. It's all yes. tactile. It's like, yeah. I like that. My nana had floppy mm. wallpaper oh, in a black safari chair. Burgundy. And in Indian restaurants in England as well, you yes. get a lot of flops. And Chinese restaurants yeah. over here. Yeah. Very good. Very Gotta good. love a good flocking. <laughs> I love a good bit of flock. So, just tell us about your previous life, pre full time. Uh, yeah, in, well, I worked. Uh, director in New York is that right yeah, yeah on, on why New York what took you to New York oh uh, what took me there well it was an accident really I um I'd been working in Sydney as a graphic designer and typographer yeah. and I'd been saving up to go overseas and I'd been learning a little bit of Italian because I thought what I'd do was go to, I think it was Urbino. There was a fantastic course there apparently where you could go and learn how to restore old master's work, right? And so I thought, well, that would be just a great thing to do that, I don't know, just kind of another thing under my belt that I could do. But I was very young. I was only 21 and I decided to go via New York just to say hi to a couple of friends who'd been there for about six months. And I just got carried away, partied too hard, ran out of all my money for the entire year in about eight (laughs) years. And (laughs) yeah, you (laughs) go. And then what were you there, 10 years? 
10 years. Yeah. yeah. But New York does that, doesn't it? I have a friend from art college who went straight from her fashion degree. She got um, picked Calvin Klein um, job hunters. Yeah. She took her from her final show and she literally within a week was sitting in the desk working and she was there 10 years again. She yeah. said, you just get sucked into this oh, you just amazing get... life. Of, yeah. Know? Yeah. It just kind of, and then before you know it, 10 years later, it's like, holy. <laughs> yeah. It's exhausting, isn't it, New York? It's a full on city. Yeah. So what, what, what is a creative director like? What do you have to do? Oh, uh, well, I, I started off as an art director, which is pretty much in advertising you. As a creative, you work in teams. So yeah. there's a writer and an art director. The art director, I suppose, is, although you're a team, you're more in charge of how the ad looks yeah. and hiring photographers, all that sort of stuff. Um, and as the writer, you're in charge of what it says. Now, there's also a lot of cross-play there, so I would do a bit of writing as well, just like, you know, a good writer will also yeah. influence the art direction. You are a team, but you do kind of focus on your area, yeah. yeah. And did you so, get to on some juicy um, clients? When I worked in advertising, I had the most hilarious showreel of quite spectacularly boring clients. <laughs> I ended up with financial services. Oh my God. I literally used to sit there thinking, I seriously shoot me if I get another banking client. Yeah, I mean juicy clients. Um, I think not so not so much juicy clients, but definitely juicy um producers and juicy, you know, other yeah. creatives who you yeah. would hire in um, were always really fun to be around. Yeah. But we were most... Fun well, definitely. I'm, I, I'm glad I did it in my 20s because we oh, did, we had a lot of fun. But um, it's it's hard to sustain. My, my brother is still in the advertising industry and he's in his 50s really? in the UK. And it's oh my God. hard. It's a hard gig to yeah. stay focused on you know, when you're that it, age demanding and you know I think once I got back here I was also freelancing yeah. um, in advertising but uh, I'd always thought that I was going to be a painter at some point yeah. and I took a few years off when I had kids and I don't know by the time the kids came along and then I was looking for something you know to get back into I was considering advertising but I just stopped caring about all that stuff you know I just myself at 11 o'clock at night or three in the morning caring about the kerning in a logo you know yeah 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 they're just more, more important stuff yeah, yeah. But as, as your corporate life sort of helped you with your artistic practice you know like the work ethic and the the business side of it all I think it's helped enormously yeah it's informed what I do to a huge extent yeah. you know um and particularly with the way being an artist is now let's say as opposed to 20 years ago when there's so much stuff at our disposal to take the reins of your career yeah. self um with the background that i come from i just use all those skills every day yeah, yeah definitely yeah. definitely it, i do I think it's an advantage. none of those skills no it's but you doesn't matter julie because you just have to outsource so what would you say Jen? how would you um advise uh, julie um 
as in she you you find writing artist statements difficult don't you yeah I, I think the business side of being an artist I find I've got no idea I just make it up which I suppose everyone does but it's just I don't know look I think everybody organized is the key well you know I was just about to say definitely getting organized yeah um but uh, I don't know. I was just about to say everybody finds the business stuff hard and I shouldn't say that because I don't really know. Um, I've found it hard and a lot of my stuff has been through failing. You know, yeah. I think of an idea, it seems like it's going to work and my first thing that pops into my head is, I mean, for God's sake, how hard could it possibly be? <laughs> and then I sort of Google the shit out of stuff or, you know, if there's... If yeah. there's bits that I'm not really quite sure of, I'll YouTube stuff, I'll ask people, but mostly I just fly blind. And sometimes things just don't work at all, but I pick up little bits that might have helped yeah. and turn yeah. that into something else, or I just dump it and start with another idea. But yeah. I, I mean, take this the right way, I would never have thought of you as having anything failed, okay? So is that, <laughs> um, no, I'm quite serious, like as in, uh, is it your, I look at you as a com very successful, very competent um, artist. Well, aren't I good at branding? <laughs> yes, you are. And that's what I mean, Jess. It's like, not that, yeah. I, not that I think that you're all smoke and mirrors and that you're, you're sort of bullshitting because I know that you sustain, you know, this is your job. It's not your yes. hobby and you earn good money from it. And so you, so you bloody should because you work very hard. Yeah, and yeah. because you have those skills, you don't have to outsource. I mean, am I right in saying you even make mix up the concrete to make your pretty boys? I do. Yeah, I'm. Um, I think I'm a little bit of a control freak. Yes, and that helps. I think. And I also, you know, I've realised that I really like money. So. <laughs> Right, good on you. When it comes to me outsourcing, you know, a little while ago, um, I was going to outsource building my own boards because I thought, yes. oh, this is ridiculous. You know, I should outsource. Yes. But I, I kind of ran the numbers on it and I feel like I'm still not earning enough money where that makes sense. It's a lot easier for me just to you know, get the boards cut, bring all the materials into my studio, you know, get a couple of power tools and spend a day doing them. It's yeah. actually a much better idea even now to do that than to have somebody do it for me. It's still too expensive. Yeah. I think. yeah. And I mean, you're not frightened of giving things a go, are you? You're, no, no, you know, I'm, I'm loving the, I'm loving the photos of you with your with your concrete mixer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like making all that stuff. It, I think it adds to the whole process that you've made everything. And, yeah. and like, yeah, I've made, like, you know what I mean? We're artists, right? Yeah. So, who's like, okay, yeah, I'm a painter, but really I'm a creator. Right? Yes, so absolutely. I can't mix concrete, you know. Absolutely. No, and I'm, I think it's important. And you feel, it's like when you cook the whole meal, you, you need to put the love in to the cooking in order for yeah. it to taste really good. And if you're involved, and if, you, if you're, worth, if you're um, willing to give it a go, um, yeah. I, I think the things I like outsourcing, though, are the things that I physically can't do, and I'm a bit untech savvy. So I do seem to spend a lot of money on that side of things in 
terms of like somebody runs my website and all that kind of stuff, which is frustrating. Yeah. Maybe I should just take the time to learn so I can actually. I actually feed to that. I mean, what I would say is. I didn't have any um, experience with web stuff. I was involved okay, in advertising. We weren't really doing that. You know, it was all oh. a little bit more analog than that. Um, and I spent about well, I had a website ages ago. It was a portfolio website, so yeah. I wasn't doing any commerce through it. And then I decided that really it was time to get my shit together. Now that that portfolio site was um, design. I outsourced that. Yeah, all, you know, um, handled by somebody else. And so then I just kind of bit the bullet and decided to learn me. Yeah, good. And I haven't looked back. I mean, it's just been the best thing because it's just like that all the time now and I'm not relying on somebody else. But having said that, I don't photograph my own artwork. I outsource that. I outsource my framing, even though I've considered not. You know, um, I outsource... Yeah, you need yeah. What about PR? Do you outsource PR or do you do most of that yourself? Uh, well, PR, I mean, I, I do, I have outsourced it if I'm having a solo show. Yeah. Um, I've done that in the past. But PR itself, I suppose really I see um, Instagram and social media as my soft PR. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a nicer way to do it because it's a it's a rolling story yeah. and it's more casual. And so then when a show comes, I've got the people who are there who yeah. I kind of have a relationship with who then know my story and I don't have to, you know, rather than putting out this, I find PR a little bit tricky in a way and because it's, it's kind of like this very... Um, it's like the crib notes to a story and it feels a bit constructed and mm. addy in a way, you know. Do you, do you have a blog? Do you, how long have you been doing your blog? Uh, you don't do it very I've, often. I've, but. I've been doing my blog for the past three years and I've probably got, what, nine? Yeah, yeah. I, I looked on your <laughs> website and I was like, Jessica, what, she cracked me up. I love it. It's like, I've got a blog. Oh, I've only done 12 posts in three years. So, you know... <laughs> I was going to say, do you have a newsletter? I do. do Yeah, do you Um, send that out regularly? Well, up until this year, it was completely irregular. Yeah. That was kind of my selling point. It's like, you know, sign up to my... (laughs) (laughs) You might not get it. I won't bother you, like, never. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like my kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But this this year, I've got a little bit more serious about it and... I kind of, you know, I've done the automated welcome when when somebody yeah. signs up and I'm putting one out every four weeks. Okay. To me, that's enough. I, I don't agree. really that's have enough. done I mean, more than that. Yeah. I'm on the mailing list for other artists. Um, often ones who I kind of admire and I want to see what they're doing with their business. Yeah. But a lot of them, I think, are just way too much. I agree. And way too much time you could be painting, you know. Yeah. And, and it's just as the receiver of that kind of stuff, art is just a little bit slower than that. And I'm always uh, uh, conscious of the fact that 
I don't really want people to see this as some sort of sell, 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 sell. Yeah. 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 I want it to be a little bit gentler than that, yeah. you know. Yeah, a bit more romance in it. I like think. a story yeah. that people yeah. want to be included with more than yeah exactly i think so because you want the romance in the relationships so how do you get your um you know you you've got a phenomenal following and you've been painting the wallflowers like you say for five years and i know lots of people who i i've purchased a few of your prints for 50ths and stuff for um friends birthdays and they're, they're so well received um, and I read a quote on your... Oh, God. Um, <laughs> which one? I've done my research, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get away from me. I love this. So I'm fascinated by your, I'm fascinated by your ability to keep painting these wallflowers. And I love the fact that you keep reinventing her. Like, she's this sassy woman. That, and I love my girl. She's mine, nobody else's. And she's strong and she's, she, she, you know, she takes no mess from anybody and I love, but I, what I want to know from you more is that the, this um, Richard Blundell, who- Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. So well, how did that come about? Um, but I love the way he describes that your painting of the girls and your relationship with your painting of them has become like a meditative practice for you. Yes. So do you feel with, with the series, is it that you haven't finished what you want to say with them? Or is it that, um how do you keep going with them you know, he and i both have this disease of change 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 <laughs> and we're kind of you know we'd love to know um your relationship with the series i actually think that's a really good question because i often wondered that too with other artists who yeah. paint the same thing for years you know um before i struck upon this series i wondered the same thing with martin emder how she keeps on painting yeah. the underwater. I mean, she does it brilliantly, but, I, but, but you know, I kept thinking, yeah, God. And Mirandi, Mirandi oh. hid these bottles. Mirandi painted those beautiful yes. bottles over and over and oh, over yeah. and over again. Yeah. I think the more I paint these things, the more fascinated I become with them. Yeah. And, and I can't really explain why, you know, often I think, God, I should be getting sick of these by now. But I suppose the benefit too, to being um, immersed in them and and ever more interested in it and wanting to go further and further is that then you, um, there's this kind of inbuilt benefit that then you have this series that, it gets larger and larger and tells a bigger and bigger story and has more and more reach yeah. and and it starts to sink in with more and more people yeah. you know and so it kind of builds this mass how do you keep your momentum do you change like where do you start do you start with the figure or do you start with the flowers or do you start with the wallpaper and then that informs the figure how do you because i've seen your little layouts and they're beautiful you can tell your your ex art director because you've got these stunning I do it all in storyboards. <laughs> storyboards. Yeah, they're gorgeous. I mean, I'd like a little storyboard actually framed. I think they're divine, you know. And actually this comes from from, you know, my time when I was an art director. I still do that discipline. Yeah. When I'm sketching, sitting down, drawing, drawing boxes yeah. and putting an idea into each box. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I start I start with the figure. 
um, yeah. or, or the general idea of the form and what it's going to be about. Okay. Um, and then I find the wallpaper that's going to work with that. Yeah. Um, I tend to work these things in layers, so I'll do a fairly tight sketch. Yeah. Um, I will often photograph the wallpaper. I'll start scanning things and put it into Photoshop and yeah. start building up layers and working around because by the time I'm painting or putting laying something down on the board, there's not that room for much room for error because of the yeah. vacant spaces, you yeah. know, so I can't just go freehand no. and then go into the wrong spot, you know. So it's gotta be fairly yeah, it's quite a lot of planning, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But are you are you using the same model for the girls or different or the same do you just take them up? Does she come from your mind? Is she real? She does not come from my mind. She, I have, in the past, I've photographed really gorgeous 17-year-old girls, you know, yeah. friends' daughters. Yeah, the beautiful girls that we see beautiful on the beach. Girls that belong, oh, you know, we don't know like that anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but now I find... Do you don't want us for models then? Oh, <laughs> definitely want you for models. When you do your middle-age <laughs> series. <laughs> Now I've got such a, a I suppose, collection that um, yeah. I tend to identikit now. Yeah. Uh, I've got so many sketches that if her arm's down, then I just bring it up and, you know, yeah. get the, uh, look in the mirror really quickly and sort of see the form of a, of a hand if I want it bent. And yeah. so I do identikit it a bit now. And um, I love the, um, I love your Instagram post recently when your son... Um, you posted a, a picture of beautiful, some beautiful feet that you had drawn and your son, the comment was your son had said, I know why you don't paint faces, mum, is because you can't do them. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought that's exactly the sort of thing my son would say. Yeah. Uh, um, but why, I actually think it's really clever the way you don't put the face in. And one of the things that I love about your work is I think it's so accessible in that it's a body, it's a figure, it's a powerful woman, but it's not a person. That's right. So and it's very, it's very purposeful and it's not yeah. because I can't draw faces. No, you can draw faces. I know you can, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that anonymity yeah. so that as a viewer, you can put yourself right there. It almost yeah. becomes you. That could, you know, so it becomes a feeling rather than, and faces are very specific, aren't mm. they? You know, yeah. and as soon as it's somebody else's face or, a, you know, quarter of a face or whatever in it, it becomes about that person mm. rather than about an experience that yeah. could have you in it, you know? Yeah. 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 Is that yeah. why sometimes the flowers are covering the face and... Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yes. And look, there's that, and also just that layering on top of and on top of on top. Yeah. And and the idea of, I mean, the original idea of a wallflower is sinking into the background, right? They're sort of yeah. on the sidelines of life and sinking in. And so I'm kind of playing with that idea of, well, is she sinking in, or do you look at it in another way, and is she emerging? from the background or is she yeah. in with the background, you know, um, just looking at, uh, that's what I sort of meant at the beginning about turning these ideas on their head yeah. and turning it into something powerful rather than something meek. So you've, uh, some of them are like really large. Where, yeah. where do you think in a year's time would be different or, you know, where do you see it going? 
Um, I think at the moment I am thinking um, about more figurative stuff. I've been doing a lot of florals um, and I'm just kind of edging towards at the moment the more figurative kind of, um, I suppose, a bit more edgy. Yeah. Sort of work, you know, like my one, like mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and going back, you know, at the very, at the very more beginning, tattoos. Yes, we need more yeah. plus, lots of know. tattoos. And and I used to do at the very beginning. I was playing with you know ants, kind of crawling up. Yes. The yeah, they were lush. And yeah, I'd quite like to go back to that more kind of. And, and what about your sculptural work? So you, um, for the listeners, we'll put into the show notes all the links for your website and social media and all that kind of stuff, so people can check out your images. But I can remember doing a show with you a long time ago. Sorry. Julie nearly fell, fell off, off the chair. chair. I'm fine. <laughs> Health and safety. She's on the best chair. My best chair. Um, so yeah, you you had these amazing um, snail sculptures that mm. you had made, and you've also got your beautiful vases um, of the arms. And so I love the sculpture. More 3D. Yeah, I love sculpture because for me, um, I think that's the part of my practice that's all about play. Yeah. And and it's real discovery because I'm not a sculptor. <laughs> so I've got no clue what I'm doing and everything that I do, I've got to learn from scratch. And so I start out expecting to fail and so there's no pressure and it's really fun kind of really working with your hands. Yeah. And, and what I found with sculpture is because it's just process upon process upon bloody process yeah. <laughs> that it's... I will, it's really hard to see it as a money-making venture and that's a really good thing for me because that frees me up, helps me play, makes me feel really good so I can just potter around at the end of my table in the studio when things are just getting a bit too intense with the paintings and, yeah. you know, when I'm getting a little bit, so, ah, I can just sit and, yeah. So it's like an antithesis of what you're doing with the paintings. It's, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, your cookie. Sounds... It's like your cook glass of milk and your cookie at the end of the yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Well, and, um, so you, your studio presently, you've got the biggest studio. I have so um, <laughs> homo of your studio. <laughs> in North. It's actually bigger than my house. It's bigger than my house too. <laughs> and you share it with the wonderful Monique Tuckentire. I do, the glorious um, Do you like having a studio buddy? I do actually. Um, yeah. it, it's got to be the right studio, buddy. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, but, definitely. But yeah, I do because it's quite a Lonely. isolating yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah, because you were up at Manly for a long time by yourself, yeah. weren't you? Because you did share. Yeah, you. I was, and I shared that studio for a while, and then I took over the whole studio. But that that place in Manly, all the studios were side by side, so it was actually quite social. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah. had your own space, but there was lots of ins and outs. I've never been in a studio that's just completely solitary. Yeah. I like to have a big laugh and a talk. Yeah, because yeah. I have read that you, um, I think it was, so you can't get away from me, I've done my research. Um, I get, for some reason, the Queenwood um, Alumni Magazine. How on earth do you get that? Because the house I live in, the <laughs> girl that used to live here, um, obviously went to Queenwood. And you opened her mail? Yeah, that's illegal. <laughs> no, I didn't open it. It was open when I it you arrived. must have got a shock. 
steamed open. It comes in a clear cover. Jess was on the cover. Oh, Jess was on the cover. So you are so good at marketing. I really think you are. You must have some secrets that you can um, share with us. Um, I was going to ask you a question about what was in there, though. What was that? Hold on. Before you answer that question, I was going to ask you, what was in there? What, in the Queenwood magazine? In the Queenwood magazine, you told you, you let out a good, deep, dark secret. Can't <gasps> Did it. I? Yeah, it was great interview. Close the door on that one. But, yeah, close the door on that one. And then moving on to you. I mean, you are everywhere. You're on the coffee cups. You know, I you've done coffee cups. I, I think it's fantastic. You you're very brave and you go for lots of opportunities. There's, you know, yeah, I I do. But there's also um, a lot of stuff that I think comes from cumulatively just being places and working on your work, you know, and working on, like we spoke before, on work that's consistent. Yeah. So so that in itself just kind of builds momentum. And a lot of the other stuff is just saying yes to things. So the Queenwood thing came up because, oh, look, it was a bit of a, a chance thing. Oh, my God, my dog's just about to fall off. Oh, this is going to get ugly. Anyway. It doesn't <laughs> <laughs> You're falling off. Oh. He's going to fall off the couch. Oh, he's so lovely. What's his name, Kevin? Kevin. Kevin, I love it. Kevin. I love it when people give their dogs human names. It's so good. Um, so, um, yeah, Queenwood. Yeah, yeah, so Queenwood. So I was asked to give a little talk yeah. as an old girl to the Year 12s yeah. um, for their end of final show, whatever, speechy thing. And... That's how that magazine came up because then, you know, you're talking, right? Yeah. And But you know all about that. You get into a room and you just start talking. So it wasn't really, it wasn't like I had thought, oh, I'm an ex-Queenwood girl. There's a great magazine. I need to. No, 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 no. Of course not. You're just saying yes to opportunities yes. that come up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, a lot of that stuff is really cringy too. I mean, it's not really like I want to be slapped all over the cover of. No, but it's good marketing no matter what. I mean, mm. all PR is Good PR, you know, even if you're on the front page of the Manly Daily because you've been caught drink driving, you're, it's still PR, you know That's what I mean? It is. It's well, embarrassing. You might still <laughs> sell a painting <laughs> from that, is what I mean. What? Jesus Christ. You would love. I think you might. I think you'd be surprised what people will buy into. Yeah. I'm, no? get, I'm getting you on the front cover of the Daily for something. Well, I'm not for drink open, driving. Open in illegal mail. <laughs> Don't say it again. Um, oh, you know, you know something. Um, something that you said a little while back that I wanted to talk to, and that was, you spoke about um, Richard Blundell. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, and you asked about how that came about. Yes, yes. And he, the the gallery director of a gallery called Nineteen Karen that I used to exhibit with on yes. the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, I went up there for the opening of my solo show and the director there had asked Richard, who is an artist himself, but also, you know, whatever he is, senior lecturer at... Um, Adjunct senior lecturer at Queensland College of Art, Griffith. There you go. So he was there, I'd never met him before, and he started to talk as the opening, you know, about my work. And I think it's, Julie, I'm thinking about you with this, with yeah. maybe difficulty um, with your artist statement. 
I find it so helpful to get other people to talk about my work because mm-hmm. often they will say something or they'll term it in a way yeah. that I immediately identify with, but I would never have been able to say it in that way myself. Okay. And that's what I loved about what he was talking about. And so then I ended up by calling him. Um, I got his number and I called him the next week and just said, look, you know, you said something pretty amazing. And he laughed. He said, I can't even remember what I said. I said, well, just, you know, kind of. Just you know. something. But that was really helpful. And I sometimes get... Um, kids or students or I shouldn't really say kids but people in university who are doing their say masters in art history and are talking about um, feminist work usually and they will say they've written a piece on me or could I point them to somewhere to research blah 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 and I always ask if they'll send me what they wrote. So you're basically saying get someone else to write my artist statements. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. saying get, get um, listen to what other people say about yeah. your work. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you don't write it because I, I always write my own artist statements. Yeah. But often there's key points that people will bring up yeah. that yeah. just kind of trigger something. It's like, oh, my God, that's exactly what I do. That's and I know yeah. I do that, but I've never said that before. Yeah. yeah. And you get a bit blinded with your own work, don't you? You've worked on yeah. it so long and you're in there and then you yeah. go, well, I know what it's about, but it just sounds, I don't know, it sounds ridiculous or you don't know what it's about by the end of it. It's oh, like, also, Julie's um, been working for, you know, 18 months. Is it 18 months, two years now on this new look? And Julie's literally done a hard left. Like she has completely changed her style and is really kicking goals, I think, now um, with where she's going with her paintings. But she's still got to spend time with that series and developing it and developing it and developing it. And people come and go, oh, that's different from what you normally do. So she used to work very realistically and now she's working very abstractly. So I think it unhinges people more than anything. Um, that they go, oh, you know, it's completely different. Yeah. You know. well, I suppose it's just I need to know what the hell I'm doing. And, and, and sometimes you don't know what you're doing until you keep doing it. I, yes. I write and rewrite my artist statement probably every four months really? um, yeah. or make little tweaks to it because yeah. new things come out from the doing. So yeah. my artist statement... I suppose, didn't even happen with this particular series for the first year because I I was kind of, I sort of knew what I was cobbling together, but I couldn't really express it. And this is the whole thing, you know, I mean, an artist statement is sort of counterintuitive anyway for an artist, right? Because the whole point is we're painting it out. That's the way we want to communicate. We don't want to communicate it for writing. Exactly. So, So it can take quite a while to come to the right words so it will keep on rolling and it will keep developing unless you're a fantastic writer which not too many of us are no and that's another thing i think you can outsource like debbie mckinnon has always helped me with my writing Um, she's she's so good at it um and i think there's anybody um even writers you know even people who write books yeah I get them copy you know people reread and editors and all that kind of thing and it's not something that comes together quickly because the paintings don't happen overnight so the artist statement probably shouldn't happen overnight 
That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. I mean, I suppose for for me, I, I have actually tried to outsource my artist statement, but I've always been very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I think I write it and then I get yeah. Debbie to tweak right. it. You know, yeah. I think just yeah. getting somebody else to tweak it because I waffle. I am like, no. yeah, I do. I waffle. <laughs> You'd never I can talk underwater. <laughs> I can talk at any point. Well, I, I just wanted to ask, so the studio um, that you've got at the moment, do you use it like uh, an office? Do you go nine till five? Do you yes. use it weekends? Like how do you structure your... <laughs> yes. So yes, I use it like an office. Yes, I'm here five days a week. I mean, not recently because everything's just been so... Yeah, hard. but you've always been like that. You've been always taking your art practice very seriously. Yes. And you've done a eight hour, 10 hour day, whatever, haven't you? So, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I suppose, yeah, I try and get in here at nine, nine thirty, and I try and stay till four, four thirty. Some days are better than others with that. The glory about being, you know, having a job where you're working for yourself is that, you know, you can mix it up if you need to, you know, you're flexible, but yeah, you know, it's, it's my job. And so that's where I am. I, I don't, I, I don't just swan around thinking if somebody calls for instance and says yeah. lunch, I'm fairly specific about when I'll schedule it it's yeah. not just like oh well I don't do anything I'll go to lunch I, I think artists mm. are some of the hardest working people I think you know it takes it's a long time. time to do what we do mm. and I think people think it just sort of happens like you know you just click your fingers but do am I right in believing that you have a studio fairy now do you have an assistant I'm so jealous <laughs> yes, I've got an occasional assistant, um, and I'm just kind of trying that out because yes. now I'm a control to... freak in you going with that. Are you good yeah. at delegating? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm, pre- I'm I'm very specific about what I want to delegate. I see it. You know, it's a, it's a little bit like, and everybody's different like this, right? But with my kids, if I ever had help around the house or when yeah. the kids were younger had help. I always thought that the last thing I would do was delegate the mothering bit, right? Yes, yes. That I would get somebody cooking for me, cleaning for me, yes. you know, um, going to the post office, all the other stuff around it. Yes. But the last thing I would ever farm out was the actual mothering. Yes. Um, and it's the same with the art. I've had a lot of people say, oh, you know, well, you could get people to finish off these paintings or train them up to and it's like oh no you know I'm never going to do no. that so, um, they're more like doing no, a bit admin and yeah like organizing yeah. your cleaning um, your yeah. brushes it's, or- it's more it's more the kind of admin stuff that I can paint while they're yeah, like absolutely and so your prints would you um what percent not you don't have to give us numbers but um how do you, is that a good sustainable income for you? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, you know, what, what I've found for me and, you know, I, I do need to preface this by saying that everybody's different yes. and I've got a very particular um, vision or idea of yes. what I want to do and where I want to be. And it's, it's not in that kind of traditional fine artist thing. I think I kind of straddle. Yeah. Um, both things and really I see myself as just somebody who is a creative who owns their own business you know so 
And so that's why I go to work every day and, and because that's the way I see it, I suppose. I don't really see it as myself swanning around, even though my product is something that's, you know, I mean, it's not even a product, but something that's highly individual and bespoke. Yeah. Custom and but your yeah. are so beautiful, Jess. I love the the finish on them. I mean, the they are so fine in the you know the quality of them and the embossing and the you know and your presentation as well. Your pretty boys, the way you send them. Obviously, you can see that's your previous life of the packaging is yeah. as delicious as yeah. the the. Product. And I still love doing all that. You yeah, know. but you're and you're good at it, you know, and you're really good at it. And it's important, you know. It's like cooking a beautiful meal and slopping it onto the plate. Yeah, you know, it's not going to be nice, is it? So yeah. when you receive um, a print from you, um, it's all beautifully packaged. And I think that's really important. I think um, it is. It is. And, you know, the other thing, too, I think it's a, a really nice thing to do for people because this is really, you know, what we do is about connection, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it sounds sort of dorky yeah. but it is it's, it's about connection and, and sort of just sharing little pieces of love right yeah. and, and being able to create something from nothing that has a huge effect on somebody else's life and so there's something very personal about yeah. this and for me I suppose as my paintings get more expensive I want to be able to offer other things that yeah people can have a piece of this you yeah. know well, I can keep growing and not feel bad about the fact that you know they are getting more expensive than they should yeah. but always something that somebody can get that yeah. so there's know, a, an accessible side yes yeah. an accessible side to yeah. your, your practice so you can own a print which is just as sexy and I think a lot of people you know when they're upgrading um, collectors from the Ikea pictures yeah. and you know they're you know, making their own first home and they want a piece of art um, and they can't afford an original to get right. a beautifully framed print is you know is a great great stepping stone isn't it oh it is and I mean these days with the technology of of how we get these digital files I mean these prints that I'm doing just they're incredible they're amazing they are the color in them is amazing yeah back to the color so you are really good at color you're I'm really really interested in color I think by the time I start painting that's where all the problem solving is because yeah. Everything that I've done up until that point has solved all the problems of composition, all yeah. the sketching, getting everything the right size and the right spot. Yeah. And so by the time I'm painting, I think it's all just colour problem that I'm solving. Yeah. And, and do I'm you get lost in that moment of your... Um, so with the way you do sort of do you lay your palette out? So you paint predominantly in oil, don't you? But you do use enamel paint sometimes as well? Yeah, I do. I quite like um, the Kiki Gloss in... Yeah. Um, oil-based enamel which yeah. my husband who's a builder keeps on telling me that I'm an environmental vandal for using it yeah. um, yes uh, you know, unfortunately the acrylic just doesn't have the same punch to it so yes right. I still use and do you choose a palette before you start do you lay out your colors or do you sort of go that go with that like go with your gut I'm a bit more intuitive about it. I, I come in with a general idea, but I'll often end up with something quite different. Yeah, uh, yeah. Something will lay down and then I'm just kind of responding to that being laid down. And yeah. And, yeah. and textures as well. So you use yes. impasto um, to get that yummy, thick 
yeah. marks and you use a lot of palette knife with that is that I'm right okay. but then your some of the birds and finer details you must um use mediums and stuff because they you know they're beautiful yeah, I do. so so you know i go from sort of that really thick impasto to yeah. really quite watered down yeah. almost um it could almost be like watercolor yeah know, yeah yeah, where it all kind of, where you see the layers through it, it gets transparent and... And yeah. is that your favourite bit of the process, to get the colour going? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that bit. It's really... Um... No, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Kevin. Are you loving having the dog in the studio? Because your last studio was in the National Park, wasn't it? So... Yeah, and I couldn't have the animal with me. No. It's so sad. And what I was finding was I felt so guilty yeah. when he was at home and, and he hates being home on his own. He's a very particular boy. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> I, I love my dog more than my children. Oh my god! And so I'd go up to the studio oh, yeah. and at lunchtime. I'd be thinking, "Oh, I feel so bad for him." And then I was coming home earlier and earlier. Yeah, this is just ridiculous. You know, Anything something's going to give. Where, where was the studio in the national park? Up, up on oh, North Head. Cool. In um, Australian bronze. So there was a, a whole lot of sculptors, and um, and the, it's basically a bronze foundry. Oh, wow. And what would you say, Jess, about... So I know that when you first got that studio, it was a big commitment and it was a lot of money and you weren't the phenomenally successful Jessica Watts that we're looking at today. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's just dripping in cash. Um, so that, how did you justify... Because I think, you know, I'm lucky because I've got a big studio next to my house and I'm quite happy with that arrangement. But I do think after COVID times, I'm realising, love my family, but when my husband perhaps works from home more and perhaps when my kids are maybe at uni and they're home more, I'm going to want to go out. So I get my own space. Um, so, and I know that Julie's tried getting her own studio, but you want a community. I mean, the only time I'd consider getting a studio outside of my home space is when I was going to share with other people. But yep. how do you sort of, did you, do you think it was a really good thing to do to take that take yourself seriously for me it's been a, a fantastic thing to do and you've just nailed it I think it's because it it helps you take yourself seriously yeah. and in another way too it helps other people take you seriously yes so i'm not saying that if you have a home studio people aren't going to take you seriously i'm not no, saying no, no. i know what you mean though but there's nothing quite like being able to say to somebody who wants to come and see what you're doing yeah. um, to show that you're serious yeah. um, by say come to my studio i will book an appointment i'll be there at this time and they come in and they see yeah. that if they're going to buy from you they're buying into a serious practice yeah and also when it's in your garden like mine is i'll go and put the washing on <laughs> and then i'll <laughs> <laughs> and then you end up doing you're the mum instead of the artist and it's yes. not, it would be nice just to sort of put that uniform on and open a different door in a different yeah. go place. to work i think to work. I, I started in my kitchen and yeah. that was when i had toddlers and i was exactly the same way i'd be you know sort of halfway through a paint stroke i'd be like 
oh, the beds. I've got to wander upstairs and yeah. do a little bit of a hospital tuck and yeah. come back down. And then, you know, I do another paint stroke and I think, ah, oh, the dinner. Yes. I haven't got anything out. So it was very distracting and I felt that I wasn't taking it seriously. And then I get really PO'd when... Yeah. You know, the kids or my husband would come in and say, oh, you know, have you got or can you find or whatever? I'd be like, oh, why are you taking this seriously? And yeah. I realised it's because I wasn't. Yes. Yeah. So the first studio I got was this dungeon that... Yes, I remember that one. Yeah. Underground. Yes. Oh, my God, yes, that was so dark. It was all I could afford. It had, there was about five centimetres above my head and mould growing everywhere. It's terrible. I think it was something like, I don't know, 60 bucks a month. But it was, yeah. It was terrible. I could afford. And uh, it was lucky because they had a huge backyard there. So I would just kind of used it as storage. When it was raining, I'd, I'd you know, be like the, the poor little person right? <laughs> all, all hunched over. But, um, but mostly I just painted it in the garden there. But it forced me out yeah. and that was great. So I suppose every single studio that I have upgraded to, it has always been out of my reach, always. I have a friend who a long time ago... Um, he's actually, he's a creative director and it turns out he's done exceptionally well for himself. And he used to live in these fantastic places and I'd be like, my God, you know, don't you do the same job? How do you do this? <laughs> and he would say, always um, live in the space yeah. that you aspire to live in and work out once you're in there how to afford it because you will always, you know, it will inspire you to meet that. Yeah. And so I kind of use that with my idea of studios. So every time I've moved studios, I've doubled my rent. Yeah. And um, every time it has been out of my reach. Oh, um, I like so it. I've done it anyway. Jacqueline lifestyle on beer money. <laughs> nice. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jess. We've got two questions that we always finish with. Yes. That we'd love to ask you, but thank you so much. This has been yes, so I mean, you. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> but we know that thank you're a busy girl and Kevin is probably wanting his dinner. <laughs> so we will let you go after you tell us um, what is your favourite art tool? So like your treasure, do you have like a... Something that oh, you gnarly yeah, brush, brush or, or something you can't live without, like you would take it to your grave. Apart from Kevin. Yeah. Hard oh, tool. I hope Kevin doesn't paint the paint. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Oh, it I could be a, a paint, it could be a product, it could be a medium, it could be a... Okay, well, two things come to mind. I have um, a palette knife. I've actually yeah. got three of them, but it's always the same one. I've tried other ones. Yeah. Um, but it's this very particular diamond shape. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Very particular size. And every time I branch out and get another palette knife, yeah. after about three strokes, I think, ah, oh, this sucks. And I go back to my old trusty again. That's ah, <laughs> the right one. Isn't that yeah. yeah. So that, and I use an oil paint, um, called Charvin oh. and I'm just in love with it. So oh. so I do use others, you know, I, I fill in the gaps with yeah. other. Those colours um, are amazing, aren't they? Yeah, they're really sort of buttery and yeah. you know, some of them are quite chalky too and just yeah. beautiful. 
Yeah. Do you get those um, in Australia or do you have to get them imported? Yeah, look, when, when the exchange rate is good, yeah. um, it's much cheaper to buy from yeah. the States, even yeah. with shipping. Even if the shipping is astronomical, yeah. it's cheaper, which, you know, most people know. Um, yeah. But these days, I, from Australia, I go to Parker's. Or, yeah, Park, I, know, I yeah. know Parker's had them. Mm. Um, and the other one is, which artist, living or dead, would you love to hang out with in their studio or visit their studio? Oh my God. Um, you can have anyone. We'll dig them up and bring them back to life. You know, mine would be David Hockney. I was about to you, isn't that funny? I was about to say David Hockney, but um, I'm not going to take yours. No, you could. We could go together. Although, do, we could. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who? 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 Anybody who would like me. You could be dead. You could, you know, resurrect them. Just so you can have that really yes, juicy God. conversation with. You know, I get these sort of random ones. There was this guy, I don't know what his real name was, but he went under the moniker of Victor Four, and he was this mad guy who grew up, I think, in Brooklyn, but ended up living on a barge or a houseboat or something in the Netherlands, and all his paintings were on driftwood from, um, from you know, the water. And so... He was a nutter and I would, if he was still alive, I would love to get on one of those boats with him. Um, <laughs> he might never come back. <laughs> That's why she wants to go. <laughs> Take me away. How exciting. Oh, we'll, we'll have, have to look, look him up. up. Yeah. We'll have to look him up. Is he, do you, it's, you don't know, you think he's Victor? Um, V-I-K. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then Roman numerals. I know. Ooh. Yeah, awesome. How exciting. 1B. Oh, very Dutch. Oh, yeah. Very, very sort of, you know, I mean, I've been, I love his work. You know, he used a lot of rubber stamps like I do. He yes. he, he sort of works on themes. He uses words in his work. Yeah, um, yeah there's something very cool about we didn't, uh, we didn't ask, um, just to finish, what's next for Jess? So have you got a show in Japan this year? Uh, is, COVID, yeah. is COVID affecting you? And um, it's, it's actually, the way it's affecting me is that I haven't been able to get here because of stupid homeschooling. I mean, I'm not really schooling. What I'm doing well, is just making sure yes. they're staying at home and, you yes. know, surfing. Yeah, exactly. My work hasn't dried up and, I, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I could be here working a lot more and... Yeah. I wish it was. So, so the Japan, so what, so we can put so, so coming up, I've got another one coming up in October, a solo show. I'm not sure exactly where in Japan, somewhere, maybe Tokyo, I don't know. Um, is that, and is that with the same gallery as you've yes. done the last, so, yeah. okay, yeah. So I've got that and Have I've got... Have you got a solo in Sydney this year? I do, I've got one at Sydney Road Gallery in November. Yeah. In November, okay. Yeah, good timing, huh? two in a row. Good work. Post-COVID, <laughs> well done. Yeah, how did you manage that, Jess? You really like to give yourself a hard time, don't you? Just bad planning because um, I was pretty sure I was going to say no to all solos this year and then I just said yes. And have you got a funky name yet? <laughs> I, love, I love the names that Jess comes up with for her shows. The last one that you did was Go Big or Go Home, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> just for those and they were so big Jess they were freaking enormous those were yeah they were they were really fun um uh do I have I an I'm working on 
a really simple name for this one because I think that it's going to be about this year, you know, because we've had the fires and yeah. um, it's loosely about this year. I mean, it's not yeah, going to be. We had the fires, then we had the flood, flood and now we've got flood. the play. I don't know. So yeah. I'm thinking about just kind of, I don't know if it's going to be called this, but it's going to be loosely around the idea of homegirl. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah, yeah. like it. Ooh. Yeah. So, but you know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Or anything it could change between now and then. As we, and, and how have you been managing with COVID? Have you, other than the boys being at home, are you, how's it, your mental health? All good? You're not? Yeah, I mean, the first one of friends in the States, obviously, in New York. Yeah, yeah. So, I was speaking a lot to friends in the States, and yeah. it's been pretty tough over there. Yeah. But no, I mean, things are fine. The first week was horrendous. Yeah. But that's just because, you know, things change so fast. Yeah. Suddenly, I was stuck at home with these two teenage boys who aren't exactly self-starters and who are very casual about everything. Yeah. And, you know, so I was racing around, chop, 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 you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just stressing me out so much. And at the same time, I was really resenting not having the yeah, freedom. Time. But How did you get around that? What would your advice be? Because Julie sometimes has that struggle because she's such a good mum. I tell her she should be more like me and be a shit mum. No, I just, I just feel like I've got no alone time. I've got no time for the studio because I've got three kids, one who's seven. Who, well, I was going to say, how old are they? Seven, 12 and 14. But it's... Okay. Well, seven, yeah. seven can, you know, depending on, you know, your kid, because they're all different, right? Seven can be pretty full on. Um, and it's very personal. I mean, I think that it's just ages and stages, yeah, right? So, so if now it's not working out that you've got your freedom, right, then it will happen. I mean, it will go like a flash. Yeah, I say I that to Fiona. I just yeah. can't do it at the moment. You have to put that at the back of your head because yeah. it's frustrating me more so not being going. able to do anything. Yeah. So it's just like... Yeah. Don't try. Don't yeah. try. Don't set yourself up to yeah. be disappointed. Exactly. Maybe just snap I've ordered that a, a whittling kit so I can do it on the table. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I love I'm it. You're going to just whittle. I'm going to whittle. I might whittle on the frame of the painting. Or am I going to whittle a spear to stab the children? I might whittle <laughs> someone, yes. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Oh, well, thank you thank so you. much. Yeah, lovely to meet you. Lovely to Very informative. Yes. And inspiring i hope so it felt sort of rambling but you know no, no, it's not no. that. that's more awesome. no, anyway. no, no. Shut up. i love rambling people Me love rambles. <laughs> <laughs> we love you thank you and we look forward to seeing you soon yes yes thanks thank girlie okay thank cheers you. Bye. Bye. bye 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 oh 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 and oh.